are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of 1 Samuel, and the, what I'd like you to do is let me read this scripture. You can read along. I don't know if you're reading it or not, but we can read t- together, or you can just listen. 1 Samuel 17, and then put your Bible on the dashboard or somewhere, and let me get started in where we're going for a while. Then I'll have you pull it back uh, into your lap or into your hands. You can see it. 1 Samuel chapter number 41, and brother Adam, I'm on. I'm not on this one, right? I can put this away. Is that correct? Good. Thank you. And the sound men and media men and you people that are watching online, we welcome you to the great North Valley Baptist Church. What a place! And uh, it's we we are we're fired up and ready to go. First Samuel 17. It's the story of David and Goliath. Verse 41. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and he saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come unto me, I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air, the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day the Lord will deliver me into thy hand. Verse 47, All the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Brother Bertram, we're so very thankful for you, all that you mean to this ministry. What a great professor in the college, and uh, thanks for looking up in the college. Now, this is grandbaby number four, right? Yes, sir. And Brother Jim Carey, of course, the Perez family, baby was uh, entering their family yesterday, and tonight we'll give all that information. I have it here, but for the sake of time this morning, we'll read it. Uh, we'll all now that tonight, but Brother Kerry, Mrs. Kerry, the Perez's, aunts and uncles, we're happy for you. You doing well? Yes, sir. I'm proud of you. You're such a good friend. Lead us in prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, how grateful we are for the privilege to gather together to worship you. Lord, how our hearts have been stirred already this morning as we've heard Brother Martinez sing about precious Jesus. Lord, today, as the Word of God is preached, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would encourage us. Lord, may we learn from this story of David that it matters not the size of the giant. What matters is the size of God. And the battle is the Lord's. May we rest it in your hands. Lord, I pray that you would empower our preacher with power from on high. pray that you would use him May each of us respond in obedience to the voice of God today. We'll give you the praise, 
for every good thing that's accomplished. For we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Amen. And I, I can hear a few vehicles running. I want you to know that's perfectly fine. If it gets warm in your car, please roll the windows down. If it gets too warm, uh, roll the windows back up and, and turn the uh, air conditioner on. That's not a problem to us. Don't forget tonight at 6 o'clock. This morning, and I just heard someone shut off. You can leave them go. It's okay. You're, you're all right. As long as you're a tither, go ahead. Um, if you don't tithe, you can leave it air on as well. You know, it's difficult to preach without knowing if you're listening or not. Are you all listening? Are you listening to somebody? All right. All right. All right. I, I'm, just, I'm just checking there. That's okay. That's wonderful. You're so great. Today, I'm coming to the business people of our church, men and women. I have a page in my prayer journal where I have listed all the people that are business owners or work in business and that nature, and I'm coming to you. I'm coming today to the students of all academic levels as well. Every, every grade, every school, up through college and the universities. I'm coming to the men of the church and women of the church. I'm coming to the boys and girls. I'm coming to the leaders of our church, the leaders in politics and the leaders in business. Today I come to you on this behalf. Do not become influenced by the gloom and doomers. Don't. Don't follow their way. The people that are negative, the people that think it's hopeless, the drama women, and I can't believe it, the drama man. Man should not live in drama. Real man should not. I, I want to I encourage you, forget about the people that hold to the theory, it's all over. It's worst it's ever been. We've never seen anything like this. I, I think it's hopeless. I, I want you to get away from that crowd. I want you to get away from that crowd that says it's never been so hopeless and so bad and so difficult for us. But I take you back to October 29th, 1929, something called the Great Depression, when in one day, Black Tuesday, all the markets crashed in the United States and affected the world. And for the next 10 years, people were in poverty. People were hungry. People could not get jobs. 25% of this nation was unemployed, and those that were employed had meager little paychecks. There were food lines everywhere, bread lines and milk lines, and people were starving. I saw a picture I was reading this week of the Great Depression, and I saw a woman that lives down here towards Santa Maria, California in 1939. There she was with her seven children. She was 32 years of age and so drawn and so sad and so tattered, and her children had torn little clothes, and you could just tell there was great poverty. Now, our parents, my parents, uh, your parents perhaps, if you're old enough, they lived in that Great Depression. Now, this virus has been a sad thing. We're very disappointed. You hear this all the time, of those that died and families that have been affected by it. And I know the numbers are now already revising down because they said they've counted things wrong. But regardless what the number is, we're sad for those families. We're, it's a hard thing. I'm sad for the people that still suffer with it. But friend, I want to tell you something. 
This is no great depression. This is not, doesn't hold a candle to what for 10 years in America those people faced. And then in 1939, it looked like we had turned the corner. It looked like things were bright again. But something happened called World War II. In 1939 through 1944, and it was followed by, I tell you, followed by a very difficult time. You hear me on this. They're saying that up to 85 million boys perished. 85 million during that five-year war. Following the Great Depression, in addition, nearly 78 million people on top of the 85 million, 78 million died through starvation and pestilence or disease. We've not faced that. It does not include the prisoners of war that were in encampments and brutalized. Our, our forefathers, my parents' generation, that World War II crowd, that depression crowd, they were heroes. And they believed that there's still a place called America that was a great place to live and establish freedom for all. I, I respect that generation so very much. I respect those that went through the Pearl Harbor incident in December. I, I respect so much people that have suffered and said, we're not going to let these things affect us. Though our hearts are broken, we still want a free America for our kids. There's several verses I want to give to you before I get to my message today. I'm claiming these days, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Amen to that. I can do. It's a can-do attitude. Hey, in business, well, they're never going to buy again. Who told you that? You might be on the very brink of the best years of your business. You know, when it gets dark and gloomy and sad and depression, normally the sunshine comes after that. These might be great days. Thank you. I appreciate the amen. I like Acts 20, 24. It was given to me by the college president when I graduated and received a diploma. He said, Jack, the verse I have for you is Acts 20, 24. Paul was speaking about that ahead of him is bonds and imprisonment, imprisonments. And he said, but none of these things move me. That's a can-do attitude. But none of these things move me. Neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I finish my course with joy. I like what the scripture says in Romans chapter 8. Read it several times this week. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. I love that World War II spirit. I love that Great Depression spirit where people said the sun will shine again. We will get through this by the glory and the grace of God. 1 John 4, 4, the Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. We are on the winning side. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory. Don't live in defeat. Don't live that it's hopeless. Don't live that it's never going to shine again. Don't live that it's going to be just nothing but socialism and all that gloom and doom. I'm reminded that a verse I love 
Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23 is my favorite chapter in the book of Proverbs. It has every type of illustration and ingredient of life. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says this, For as man thinketh, as we think in our heart, our brain is composed of three little areas, and one of the third area, one-third of our brain is something called the heart. It's the real you. It's the real me. It's the emotional center. It's, it's, it's the attitude that we know what's within us. Nobody else knows about it. Sometimes they can see the reflection of our heart. But, oh, in our heart, I, I love what the Scripture says. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. You think right, and I should think right. And we ought to believe that the greatest days for the North Valley Baptist Church and your family is just ahead. The greatest days for your business is just ahead. And some of you are already experiencing that. I'm not buying into this. No hope. More, no hope. Flip it 4.8. Finally, brethren. And don't think I'm ending. I haven't even started yet. Finally, brethren. Paul says. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I want to think on good things. I want to think about winning World War II. I want to think about victory after the Great Depression. I want to think that we will send missionaries again. I want to think that the offerings will come. I want to think that the debt retirement on these buildings is going to soon be over. I want to think that God has for this church the greatest days in our schools and in our college and with our young people and sending men out to preach the Word of God and watching men be raised up and women raised up to support the work of God through this local church. None of these things move me. I'm speaking today on Think Victorious. Think right. Think victorious. Great days are ahead. I love reading about all these, these stories in World War II. I love it. I love reading the stories of the Great Depression, how that great things came out of those moments. You know, during the Great Depression, church became the big thing on Sunday. You know, after World War II, church became the great thing again. And our churches had the greatest boom in the late 40s and 50s and 60s that the church had ever experienced in the United States of America. What a wonderful thing it was to see what God could do. But the Bible says the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3, Thou sayest thou art rich, increased in goods, and have need of nothing. I'm afraid that's how we perhaps have lived. God says, Yet knowest thou not that thou art poor and naked and blind and miserable. No, our money is not going to carry us through. Our God is going to carry us through. Now, with your Bibles there open, we have an illustration of that in 1 Samuel, in chapter number 17. We begin in verse 5, and I want to say, verse 3, there was a huge battle to face. There was a huge battle. I'm not saying it's just all easy. The Bible said, verse 3, the Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, Israel on the mountain on the other side. There's a valley between them. There stood out, went out a, a champion of the camp of the Philistines whose name was Goliath. Span was six cubits in a span. He, he, uh, he was about, about almost 10 foot tall. 
And he had a helmet of brass, all these things. And he had brass. And he had a great spear in his hand, verse 7. And he stood, verse 8, and cried to the armies of Israel, Choose you out a man. Choose you out a man. But God was not going to choose a man. He was going to choose a boy. God can do it the way he wants to do it. And there was a youth, you teenagers that are experiencing this virus and this being shut down and being out of school and not liking it. And by the way, that's the report I get from students everywhere. We miss school. Who'd ever think we'd come today would you miss school? But we have. But I want you to know, I wouldn't be surprised if God is raising up many men and women, young boys right now. You're a boy. You're a little girl. You're a teenager, boy or girl. You're a young adult. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if God's raising up young couples that say there's a battle and it's giant and it's big, but God is able. I want you to notice in chapter 17, verse 16, not only was there a huge battle to face, the battle was intense. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. The virus came near every day. We woke up to the virus. We heard about the virus. We witnessed the virus. Is your mask on? Don't talk to me. Get up. You're one foot too open. Is it too close? I had to go to the pharmacy this week. And like usual, I go there, there there's these footprints. And you, you stand where those footprints have been there for years. You have stand, I was standing on the footprint. And really, I didn't realize it. It was just two of us in line. I didn't realize it. But my foot was like about six inches over the line. Boy, I tell you what, World War III broke out. You got to move back. And I said, I'm sorry. I, I, I saw these feet. I, put, I, I didn't even try to explain it. I moved back. That day is going to end again. It's going to end, and the stadiums will be filled, and, and, the, and basketball games, and football games, and all that. Let me tell you something, friend. The battle right now seems intense, but battles always end. Don't let any news media tell you it's going to be this way from here on out. We have faced Ebola and SARS and the Spanish plague in 1918, and even... A few years ago with the SARS, they had great, many more deaths and infections in this country, but we never shut it down. We just kept going just during the last presidency. And I want you to know the battle's intense, but our battle is not just intense over a virus. The battle is over the United States Constitution right now and freedom of worship and God's people to be able to assemble without a government says you can't sing hymns, without a government saying you can't go in your building, without a government saying you can't touch one another's hands, without a government saying you can't be in the auditorium without a mask, you cannot sing, you cannot do this. There's coming a day where we're going back in there and sing and shout and praise God and hear preaching. The battle's intense. The battles are real. The battle was to create fear in man. Notice what it says in verse 24. When all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled. They fled from him. We were sore afraid. It's not time for men to be afraid. 
quench you like men. Be strong in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 16. Thank God for godly men. You say, well, it's tough. It's tough that I have in our home. A woman says, I feel like I'm living with the Antichrist. Thank you for not honking your horn. A man says, I think I'm living with the... My wife just honked her horn. Did you honk your horn? I, I, the, the man says, I think I'm living with the Antichrist. No! Don't honk the horn. It's tough. But the Antichrist even is a defeated foe. And I'm certainly not saying your wife or husband's the Antichrist. Created fear in men. Fear is never from God. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Don't live in fear. Don't accept that it's hopeless. Don't accept that, you know, America doesn't know how to do this. God will make a way. I will say number four, God raised up a boy. I said it briefly in the beginning. I won't go to all the verses, but if you would look at verse 29 and verse 32 and 36 and 37 and 41 through 48, God rose, raised up a boy, a little shepherd boy. God was going to use that boy for his glory. And by the way, number five, I say this. The battle ended in victory. Chapter 17, 49 through 57. David came back carrying a head with him and said, I think, King, this belongs to you. And he gave the sword and he gave the head. God won a victory. Now here's what I see. Here's literally what I see in America. Because I, 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 I believe the same what I was saying to you when we were in that auditorium the last year. I believe it is in God's desire and His character to send one last sweeping revival. I believe that. For He... He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know what I see? I see in America, I can see it. I've prayed about it. I believe it can happen. I see in our America, in public schools, every morning, those kids standing and putting their hand over their heart. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I can say, well, in public school, that's, uh, they don't do that anymore. Well, they can once again. I believe God can do that. I believe that in our public schools, we can go back to reading and writing and arithmetic and not how to be safe with your immorality. And can all those classes and bring back the basis of, uh, basics of education. I can see how that our e economy, I can see it. I, I believe our economy can be stronger than ever. Here's what the devil did not recognize when he allowed this pestilence to come to America. America is a working people. We don't like casual. We don't like laying around. Oh, the days are off are nice and the vacation's nice. But that's not the way the people of North Valley Baptist Church and Americans are created. God has created us for the joy of work. If a man will not work, he should not eat. And you pet... <laughs> You pet people up and you hem people in and close people in that love to work, enjoy working, and you put them in their house for a week or two weeks or a month or two months or ten weeks. They're 
ready to work again. I know they are. And when you unleash that crowd of people back into the workforce, you're going to find that it's, it's going to take a while. It'll take a little while, but it's going to come bounding back. I believe that. I believe, I believe I see one day the news stations that are these lying newsmakers that don't tell the truth. I believe that one day, not just in the millennial reign, but before we go home, they might be turned into religious broadcasting organizations. God's able. I'm not going to buy into the gloom and doom. One of the men on my staff gave me a book a week ago. I had to complete this when I was reading. I completed it, and I start, started this one this week. It's an incredible book. It's a young boy, a, a young, what we used to call yuppie-type fella. And, and he is on the, he's, he's written this book about America. He said, my generation, I don't believe in all this compromise. He's talking about politically it's talking about religion, everything. He said, I don't believe in it. The young boy started a, 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 a work of trying to stir people to conservatism and, and into Americanism, into patriotism. He's just a young kid. His, his, his company, which is just a few years old, now has 150 employees. They're on 1,500 school, public school campuses and universities of America. He has just registered over a million conservative right-wing people to vote. They have over, he has over 100 million. He's in the top 10 on viewers on his website every single month. 100 million. I believe there's got to be a day when God raises up young people again and say, I love America. I love the Bible. I love the church. I love soul winning. I love the bus ministry. I'm in this thing. And God will do it once again. He will do it. Our country experienced revivals after the dark days. Our country dis discovered revivals in Gypsy Smith and, and J. Frank Norris and, and, and uh, Finney. And I remember reading about those days when all of a sudden the saloons were closing and they were turning them into churches. God is able. And I want to say in closing, I'm okay, fellas, I'm all right, thank you. I want to say in closing today that I just believe I believe that we're right on the verge of great things. The great Welsh revival in Wales that took place so many years ago, the great Welsh revival saw to it that it swept through the nation. And of course, in Spurgeon's era, Moody's era, two continents were shook for Christ. Those were dark days. They had viruses that affected London and they would take the bodies of people in their homes and put them on the sidewalk and the wagons would come and pick up their loved ones and carry them out of the city. It was an awful time. But out of that sprang a great revival. And a policeman was on the corner in Wales. And a young man or a young lady, I can't remember right now what it was, but a young person came to him and said, Sir, I'm looking 
for the Welsh revival. They were having preaching every day in the morning and at night. I'm looking for the Welsh revivals, looking for directions. They said, I'm looking for the Welsh revival. Can you tell me where it is? And that police officer straightened himself up and said, the Welsh revival is right here. It's in my heart. And I'm asking you in your cars today, those that are watching, would you let that revival of yesteryear, when it looked so helpless, when it looked like it was all going to fall apart and end, would you let a revival stir through your life and stir through your family and stir through your business and your bus route and your Sunday school class and the choir and the orchestra and the nursery and the Sunday school? And would you let God do something again? Think right. Get our minds. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our Father, as we bow in prayer, Today, we're so very excited about what we're seeing you doing in our lives. I'm so grateful for the church. I, I sense it, Lord. Though I'm not talking to these people like I used to on a daily and a Sunday basis or Wednesday, I just sense that you're doing something great in our church. I sense you're doing something great in the country. I believe the groundwork is being laid right now. I believe all these that are so anti-God that hold government positions, I can see them in November being voted out. I can see where we believe that Sunday again is a holy day, not a holiday, it's the Lord's day. I can see families praying together and fellowshipping together and playing together. Oh, I pray that the greatest days would be yet ahead. Every business owner, God, show them this week that you're still on the throne and the battle is the Lord's. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.